26 Stone is brought to you by NewAmsterdam.com. Imagine a world where creatives always have a key to the city. Use promo code 26STONE for 26% off your entire order. That's K-N-E-W-Amsterdam.com. NewAmsterdam.com. Welcome, citizen. I'ma set it straight, straight out the gate. I'm straight 718. You can't eliminate what I emanate. My sound's great, like every Belafonte. I got love like Ariana Grande. Beats and buzz by Andre. Wallet in the on a Friday, like O'Shea. Okay, tell me when you wanna listen. I'm in the kitchen whipping, making sauce for this chicken. It's hot in this position, standing with no air condition. I wrecked the place, demolition. I killed it, no ammunition. My mission to forget my losses and my premonitions. Divorces and bad decisions. The glasses with tunnel vision. I'm a legend in subdivisions. I spark with no ignition. Forty-six stones to show up on the house. What are you up to? I'm just kidding. I'm having a good time. Uh, the podcast that could available wherever fine podcasts are available. Uh, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Speaker, iTunes, all that jazz. Um, of course, the site is philbito.com. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. Uh, new content every Monday and Thursday. As I figure out what's the next stage for philbito.com, uh, I have my hands in a lot of things, uh, creative things in life, and I have to do that at yearly uh, inventory where you say, okay, I work on this. My time is divided like this. Is this worth holding on to? Is this worth letting go? Uh, it's just kind of, not even the, today's episode today, but it's kind of a pro tip I do. I, I call it like a creative endeavor audit. You know, you think about everything you work on or, or things you would like to do or things that you told your buddy you'll help them out on or that one book you were going to read or uh, that one Etsy shop you're going to launch, you lay them all out and you say, well, okay. If I were a business of one, if I was, if you were Google, if I were Google, um, is this business division something that requires more investment, a reduced investment, or do I want to spin this off and, and cut ties? Uh, for example, uh, this time two years ago, I had about eight jobs, you know, and I said, oh, okay, um, I had to do a lot, and the research assistant's job basically is it's a job where I would uh, read. Uh, periodicals and, and books and come up with little cut downs of those books for individuals for academic purposes. I said, wow, I really like this. But the the return on investment, the the thrill I got for helping out or the money I was given for doing it or um, the personal uh, endeavorousness of it <laughs> has kind of flattened. So I'm willing to let that go. And I had and I resigned. I said, hey, look, uh, don't call it a quit. I evaluated. I think there's nothing more I can give. I'm moving on. And then a couple weeks ago, we had that episode, which uh, go back and listen to uh, if you haven't, called Quitting to the Next Level, where you know sometimes to to grow the tree, you have to prune some of the leaves. You know, uh, and that's kind of like where I am. That's where I perpetually am. You know, I always try to fly in things and then and rotate things out. Um, I've talked ad nauseum about my DJ exploits, um, and of course, you guys know about um, our sponsor and how what I'm doing to help out with that. So it's definitely a mix and it's a flux, and nothing is kind of um, there. But I do realize that whatever what we're doing, I'm um, get to today's episode topic right now. Uh, the things whatever we're doing, we always have a circle of friends, our entourage, our people. We try to run things by. You know, the, hey, man, I, I did the thing. What do you think of my thing? <laughs> okay, I'll be mature. Uh, I'm doing this 
issue, what do you think of this issue? I'm doing the thing, what do you think of the thing? And um, if you really trust them, and they really are honest, they'll tell you, hey man, I love it, this is great, perhaps work on this. Those are always the ideal network to have. Go, I love this, I love ABC, I don't like XYZ, overall W, right? And then you have some people like, who does love everything? Oh my gosh, you're amazing. Oh, what do you got? What do you got? We got. And even though it seems like it's not real, you shouldn't have that. I think that on your panel or board, you should always have someone who's a super fan of you. So you can always temper uh, reactions, uh, temper the review, right? You want to have people in the middle, your logical, uh, you know, egalitarian friends. You want people that are like super fans of you. And you definitely want people who are just always looking for criticism, you know, and no matter how frustrating it is. Especially us creative types, because we always have that one friend. Uh, let's say you sell t-shirts. Let's say you started up a apparel company. Uh, basically, you, you just take stock from another company like uh, um, Gildan or Hanes, right? You take all those Hanes t-shirts, you put a cool design on it, and then you sell them. Very simple business, uh, very repeatable business. It happens a lot on the internet. But there's always that one person who, who never buys one or never likes and share a post of yours but it's always quick to say, hey, do you have that in, in 3X? Or hey, you know, this color, I wouldn't do that. Or hey, that's not really clever. You should probably say something like this. Or I would love to see something like this. And and you probably do that because you, you think they're being like the, the down the middle objective egalitarian friend. And when you do that, say that thing, it their concerns like change like a chameleon and say, how about this? Or how about that? Uh, again, I'm a comedian, so most of my examples come back to that. Like, when I do comedy, there's always a couple friends who are like, oh my gosh, you're so funny. You're just, you're going to be on tour with Fallon next week. I can see it. Uh, keep pushing, homie. Uh, and that does help, especially the days where you feel like you're a hack and you're not making any new material or the material you're saying you're not really feeling. You need people to say, we believe in you. Go for it. Um, and then you have other people who are just like, yeah, man, I mean, yo, you got, yeah, uh, well, I mean, all right, yo, keep at it, homie, uh, and those hurt, but those are also important as a comic, but the third type of, I was saying is that the people were like, oh, man, you know, I would love to come out to one of your shows, uh, when's your next show, oh, it's Thursday in Burbank, oh, I can't make Burbank, uh, or, hey, when's your next show, it's Sunday in Hollywood, great, how much is tickets, ooh, $10, ooh, are you gonna put clip online later on <laughs> you know it's like well how am i supposed to grow you know with comedy being a live art form if no one partakes <laughs> you know how am i supposed to know if my t-shirts look good on different body types if no one buys them and that's kind of like the frustrating part about it so um you're always going to have haters you're always going to have people that that love you and super fans um parents significant others are usually a super fan class but it can change but i want to talk to you about the fourth class of people. Not the people who all automatically love you. Not the people that automatically hate you. Uh, not, a, not the people who uh, that try to play the middle. Or not even the people, the fourth type we mentioned. Not even the, the people that, that pretend to be one but really are just not wanting to engage. I want to talk about the subset of that fourth group. I, today's episode is about monumental indifference. That's right. Today's episode is about monumental indifference. When you make a widget or a product, we thrive on feedback. What do you think? I worked really hard on this. What do you think? 
am I funny? It was funny to me last week when I came up with this joke. Do you think it's funny? Okay, you like it, you don't, you don't, you don't. Maybe the joke isn't that good. Or there's a split decision on whether this joke is funny. Maybe I have to go back and work on it. Hey, this painting is about a local park. Oh, I forgot the swing. Oh, thank you for mentioning that to me. It was an oversight. Let me go back and retweet that. Indifference is the hardest, the hardest reaction to deal with because it's literally meh. It's nothing. It's it's something that you, you, you can work on in the grand scheme of things. Wow. You know, uh, I, I created art for people that feel people aren't feeling maybe I need to do something else. But it never helps to see what the kind of direction you need to go into. Indifference is the worst. Uh, for those of you out there who uh, who perform live, like dancers or or singers, you know, monumental indifference, like, like meaning a whole crowd of people going like, all right, that was cool. It's frustrating because you never know whether or not it's you. Hey, man, maybe I'm just not good enough. Maybe I thought I was better than I was. Maybe uh, the, the world has passed me by as terms of skill. And a lot of times you're like, well, is it the audience? Did the... There's this comedy show at 6.30 in the afternoon during rush hour traffic in the most inaccessible part of town. I've been in shows like way, that way, and that works into uh, my decision of how I did as well. Oh, hey, look, this open mic is at 2 o'clock in the morning. Who's really in the mind to laugh? Everyone's tired. They want to sleep. They heard last week's episode, and now they want to sleep. You know, And that's... You have to, that's why there's a science to art. It really is. Uh, everyone always asks, I know when are creative people like artists or are they scientists? If, if you're a boxer, they call it the sweet science. But I like boxing. I always think creative people, people like you, are more athletes. We learn by repetition and good technique. We learn by adding flair to the fundamentals and principles we know and respecting who came before. You know, I used to watch sitcoms as a kid and, and read up on old comedians, right? That's what was my foundation. Let me build on that. Um, no one just goes, you know what? I'm going to start painting, man. Like, no one ever goes, you know what? I really like pastries. I'm becoming a pastry chef. It's usually something along the lines of, man, I like looking at pastries. I've tasted pastries. I know people who've made pastries. Let me take what I learned with my experience and make these damn pastries. <laughs> You know, you could imagine going to a restaurant. Someone goes, "All right, it's okay. It's all right." I, I mean, I don't challenge you, but when a waitress comes by after your meal is placed and you eat a couple bites and you go, mm. they, a, wait, "A good waitress will usually say, oh my gosh, there's something wrong. Can I change it out for something else?'" You could order something else. It's on the house if you're lucky. A lot of times it's like shrugs, but you want to say, "Hey, it's good. Hey, it's bad." In professional wrestling, they said the worst chant you can get, not cheers, because that means they love you, not booze, because that means they could potentially love you, but the least respect that you're the bad guy, if that's what's the whole point of it, right? If, even if you're unintentionally a bad guy and people will boo you because they feel you're not as, as good as your opponent, that's still something you can work with to your advantage. That means they feel something about you. The worst reaction is nothing. It's, as they say, the old Doors chant, um, or boring. Uh, it's boring, but like a lot of wrestlers would say the Doors chant, you know. Doors, door, boring. Uh, you really can't work with that. Because then, you know, if you're in that moment, and let's say you're in the middle of a match, it's like now you have to, like, guess as to what your audience wants. Do they want more of this? Do they want more of that? I'm not saying pander to your audience either. You have your skill set. 
And it's really up to you to pick something you're good at, but you can pick different flavors, right? For example, back to the, the chef idea. Let's say uh, you run a Parisian cuisine restaurant and people go meh. Now you're a chef, you're the head chef, uh, you were trained in, in French food. Do you go, well, I guess I'm doing a barbecue joint. Like, no, because you'd be out of your element. Um, but like, if someone says meh, and you get kind of frantic without knowing what people want, you'll say, um, well, I, I'm skilled as a French chef. Let me try French desserts. Let me try French fusion. Let me try French street food. And that, that's like the, the frantic grabbing at what people want. But if you go and someone goes, oh man, no, I really love the ambience here. I love the ambiance of it. Uh, these portions are kind of light for the price. You know, I like to have just like a family style event. So I feel if I brought three or four people over, our dollar would go further. Well, that's feedback you can use. And that's always important. You know, I am a big fan of looking at negative feedback and turning it into a positive. For those of you out there who read books, I recommend the book by the, uh, by the marketing guru, Jay Bear. It's called Hug Your Haters. Uh, it's basically more about like feedback to companies in the social media era, era, but it's something you can pull from, and that is when someone takes the time out of their schedule to go onto the Facebook page of X to complain about why that means they care. So you can ignore them and say, "Oh, that's just one person who hates the fact that uh, uh, they don't want, they don't see a purpose for this air conditioned mitten product that I'm I want to release out there." I think air conditioned mittens are the future. You know, forget that guy. But if you really say, oh, you don't like the fact that the air conditioner only has uh, one setting, of course, we'll make sure your hands are nice and cool, your mittens. We'll come out with a product with a second setting. For example, that's a direction you can use. But ultimately, negative criticism is valuable. You need that to grow. Positive criticism is valuable too. You also need that to grow as well. Because if you try a new material, if you have a new product out there, if you go in a different direction and people are blown away, you know you're onto something right. If you're doing something brand new and people are like, eh, I don't really know, um, I don't really like it, I don't really like it, at least you can say you have a choice to make. I can shift directions or double down to stick with it. But if you're a writer, if you're a dancer, if you're a... MC or a host of a, a swap meet and your job is to get the crowd riled up while they go shopping and everyone's just going about their business ignoring you, it's like, <laughs> you're playing the guessing game. Um, so what are you supposed to do? What are you supposed to do? I am a firm believer of asking specifically for feedback unless you don't want feedback. And that sounds counterintuitive, uh, but I'll explain. Uh, if you really want feedback where you can use to improve and grow, I would say have surveys, take people out and say, what do you feel about this specific thing? Hey, I tried this new uh, fabric for my t-shirt business. It cost me a little more, but I do think it has a different look and feel. What do you think about this, this thing specifically, right? Um, it takes a very special kind of person when asked about something specific as that to go, hmm, hmm. Maybe about one thing, but if they're sitting at this this dinner table or lunch table, you took them out to to ask them questions about your brand, and everything's a shrug, then something's up, right? Or Survey Monkey, if you don't want to do the whole take you out to dinner thing, you actually have Survey Monkey out to previous customers. You say, "Hey, look, man, five minutes of your time to look at look this up. Let me know what you think," uh, and they respond accordingly. You know, that's something that's that's important too, like that making sure it incentivizes for them to do it. 
Um, the flip side of that is going back to my experience in comedy is that I am surprisingly fragile with my stuff. Like for me, um, when I first started, I was all about asking people, hey, how was that? Hey, how was that? Um, I'm not actually an extrovert. I'm actually an introvert that has extroverted moments. I think the clinical term is ambivert. But for those of you who do the personality tests, I am an INTJ. So I can save up social battery to perform. But usually after I perform, I want to go home. I'm not really the guy who's like, and then we went out to the Mel's Diner with all these comics and talked about the game. Uh, but when I started, I wanted to know what people were thinking because they were paying, my friends were paying money to come to these clubs. And most of them were like, oh, man, you're amazing. You're great. You're great. And I'm like, oh, stop, stop. I don't believe you. I stop. But the one time uh, a friend will have uh, constructive criticism, I'll be like, oh, oh, man, maybe I'm not good. Yeah, I mean, if she came all this way and had this note about that one joke, maybe I should probably cut that joke. I don't and I became absolutely miserable. So I don't, people realize I don't really ask uh, my friends for feedback anymore. Uh, when it comes to specifically my comedy, I feel like if they have feedback about that, they'll let me know. If I invite you and you show up, that says one thing. If you go, hey man, that new bit, great. Uh, if it's like, I, don't, I wasn't really feeling that. And some friends have told me, uh, uh, friends of the show, uh, this girl came up to, uh, to me after the show and was like, yeah man, uh, I came to your last three shows and... Not only those were the same jokes, I figured I'm really feeling it. And I hurt like heck, but she was right. Like once I stopped and soul searched, I'm like, yeah, you're right. I was kind of phoning it in because I was emceeing the show. I was hosting the show and I was trying to get into hosting mode and I phoned in my jokes. But good call for catching that. I'll make sure to give you something hot next time. Um, but I, I'll never, nowadays I'll never walk up to somebody. I mean, if like Chris Rock was at my show. Or, like, if somebody was, like, famous on that level was in my show, yeah, I'll ask them, oh, Kevin Hart, how was my set? <laughs> uh, but I almost never ask my friends. So it's kind of like the, like, do as I say and as I do kind of a thing. Get feedback, but don't be like me when it comes to my comedy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I want to thank you so much for checking out this episode of 26 Stone. This episode and all episodes are available wherever you stream your podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Uh, website's flowbito.com, flowbito, F-L-O-B-I-T-O.com. And we're on Twitter at 26stoneshow. That's right, at 26stoneshow. And the promo code for our, our friends at New Amsterdam.com is 26stone. Uh, that gives you 26% off your entire order. Um, I'm back here next week, man. We're going to keep rocking and rolling. And please, for you, stay cool to each other, be nice to each other, and of course... Make your hometown brand.